0: Welcome to The Traveling Podcast, presented by HIP Network, where we live at the intersection of group business travel, live events, hospitality, and sports. My name is Dan Sherman, and I'm here, as always, with Mr. Ryan Barth. Hey, Dan. Pleasure to talk to you again, man. What's up, buddy? Another week has gone by, and another episode has hit. It is officially episode 23 here, and we're starting to wind down, Ryan, our inaugural first season of The Traveling Podcast. So here's the plan. We are going to head into the holiday season here over the next five or six weeks. We're going to be bringing our listeners recaps every week of some of our favorite topics and guests.
1: Yeah, it's going to be exciting to kind of look back on all these great interviews that we've done uh, over the last several months. And we're repackaging these interviews into kind of a topic-specific format and doing these deeper dives so that you know some of our listeners can just... You know, take a collection of all these uh, amazing guests that we've had and uh, you know, hear about different topic levels that um, we want to break down here.
0: You use the word repackage, and then that's exactly what I'm thinking, right? Let's talk mentorship, let's talk leadership, let's talk about some of these other high topic level areas that we've been discussing all year long. So today, our topic of the day is mentorship. And I think why that's really important is because now more than ever, I think in this, you know, the roller coaster ride that we've had in group business travel, live events, hospitality, and sports industry, we've really had to lean on our fellow industry peers, right? And I think both you and I have, in addition to our esteemed guests that we've had on the podcast. So I think mentorship here, it means more than just having a mentor that you call one person that you call or lean on. But I think as we bring you our four kind of guests here today as they kind of dive deeper into the subject, this is a great opportunity for you to hear from industry leaders and understand exactly how they think about leveraging their relationships and networks in order to make better business decisions. So that's going to be a fun listen. And Ryan, as you know, the Traveling Podcast is presented by HIP Network. Hospitality Industry Professionals Network is a B2B digital media company shaping the industry's agenda with expertly curated content that fuels growth. To learn more, visit hipnetwork.com and be sure to sign up for the Market in a Minute tri weekly newsletter for a real time roundup of the current state of the industry. That's hipnetwork.com. All right, Ryan, let's do it, buddy. Let's get to the rundown.
1: Yeah, big story uh, this week, Dan. You know, this is from CNBC about, you know, potentially. Uh, we could be effectively ending this pandemic in 2021 uh, as a result of Pfizer and Moderna uh, are saying that 90 to 95 percent effective on the vaccine uh, for COVID. Obviously, this is huge news for our industry. Um, We have five U.S. agencies that have started telling employees they could get COVID vaccine shots in as little as eight weeks. And this is a Part of the rebound that we've been talking about from the beginning. You know, if we are able to get a vaccine in people's hands, live events can return and our industry can really start to roar back.
0: Absolutely. And I think it was such great news. And we're also seeing. Such awful you know news come out in this I think effectively the third wave, right, so we can 't get to two thousand and twenty one soon enough. It sounds like some of these vaccines are going to go to essential workers and folks that are in a high risk category here in the next couple of weeks. I know they 're filing for those you know by the time this hits on Monday, it could be out in the marketplace, so really excited. I mean, this is the biggest yeah. news of our lifetimes, honestly, yeah, outside of you know maybe landing on the moon, but there they still didn 't find a vaccine, so I think this is really exciting. I just think about my kids. They sometimes mention the virus in like these little moments that you just, you feel so unfortunate that they're mentioning it, right? That they have to like, daddy, when are we going to have to stop wearing a mask or when yeah. is the virus going to be gone? Right? It's just, it's so heartbreaking that they have to go through this and hopefully they're young enough where this, you know, they don't really remember it. But at the same time, my hope is that this never happens within, you know, the world again. It's just really, really unfortunate. So
1: yeah, we'll be keeping our fingers crossed and obviously we'll be sharing with you all uh, as we get news on the vaccine front. You know, this is a big, this is a big thing. You know, we've, we've been talking about it on our podcast for several months now, how this was going to be the the linchpin. So pretty excited that, that we've made as much progress as we have. Um, moving on, we've got some surveys to talk about here, Dan, from Business Travel News. Um, this is a Global Business Travel Association Um surveyed 822 professionals, 40% of them being travel managers. Um, Half of travel buyers indicated their organization's employees are very or somewhat willing to travel with the news of the COVID-19 vaccine we just mentioned. 42% of non-European travel buyers indicated their organization to reach half of 2019 domestic business travel level within six months and another 36, uh, I'm sorry, 39% expect to reach that level within the next year. And then from hospitality net, Uh, An AHLA survey indicated that 71% of hotels won't survive another six months without some government COVID relief, which we know we've all been waiting patiently for. Mm -hmm. 82% of hotel owners say they've been unable to obtain additional debt relief, such as forbearance from their lenders beyond the end of this year. So this is a critical time that we're heading into. Um, 98% of hoteliers would apply for and utilize a second draw of the Paycheck Protection Program loan. You know this is again dan we 've talked about this before. Um, you know the hotel um, industry is really hurting, and you know we 're starting to see the restaurant industry uh, numerous um, restaurants across the country closing at a pretty rapid rate and we don 't want to we don 't want this to happen to you know some of the hotels that we know and love you know we 've talked about quite a few of them on this podcast uh, throughout the entire pandemic and Seeing these stats, of course, you know, uh, combating it with the vaccine is good news and hopefully some government relief now that the election is over with.
0: Yeah, you know, kind of threading the needle is what comes to mind here. You know, you talked about when business travel is going to might come back right mm-hmm. and then we talked about hotels not being able to survive and the timing and having to thread that needle this moment in time that might come down to a couple weeks or a month that really gives both the buyers and sellers of these you know specific products and services the time to come together at the right time it's it's really worrisome honestly i mean there's good news here but i think on the hotel front that's that's scary i think it's the 10% increase from from september about hotel owners that said they're still in danger of foreclosure. That's real, right? I mean, some of these yeah. big box hotels will survive, but it's it's the boutiques that I think is really going to be the issue. So, anxious to see how we navigate this, you know, with the transition here of whatever is happening with this presidency and 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 uh, the new Congress. It's uh, there's there's a lot of work to be done here.
1: Yeah. We'll keep our fingers crossed for yes, some we will. relief and just with the vaccine. Hopefully we'll see some government, um, intervention so that, uh, you know, our, a lot of our friends can get back to work and, uh, these hotels can get, you know, rocking and rolling again. Uh, finally, Dan on the sports side, as we always like to touch on, on our podcasts, this comes from CBS sports, uh, the NCAA planning to move potentially their entire 68 team basketball tournament to one city in 2021, As you may or may not know, uh, Indianapolis is the city that they're looking at as a result of us hosting the uh, men's Final Four uh, early next year. So, you know, this is huge uh, for a lot of reasons, especially, you know, obviously, again, close to my heart, but, um, you know, Indianapolis is a city that can really package this the right way. We can, You know, we have the facilities. Um, I live pretty close to uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse here. That could be one of the sites, one arguably one of the better basketball arenas in the country with uh, the history there. Um, you know, you've got uh, Lucas Oil Stadium where the Colts play, which has been used as a site for the Final Four and, and will be in April, assuming all Uh, All systems are a go. And then where the Pacers play, um, you know, Canseco Fieldhouse. So you've got, and then you've got some of the best high school basketball gyms in the country as well. Um, So there's, the the infrastructure is there, uh, which is awesome. And, you know, just similar to what we talked about a a few months ago with the bubble working for the NBA, this is the exact same concept, right? You're keeping people in the same city over, um, you know, three or four weeks trying to keep everybody contained. And, you know, I'm hopeful that our city will be able to pull something like this off. Well, we
0: get it. You used to work for NDCVB. I think everyone <laughs> yeah. understands you're trying to leverage the Traveling Podcast to, bring, yeah. to bring the NCAA tournament to Indianapolis. <laughs> you are so selfish. I hope it happens. It needs to happen. They can't do it any other way, right? And they're probably looking at, you know, Indy. Sounds like just, an, you know, a really great, option, right? I mean, I'm sure that the Vegas's and Orlando's are also in the mix, but when you think about, you know, that product and, and even the history in India, I think, would just really, you know, really complement that nicely. So, I'm looking forward to the news of potentially
1: you guys securing this, man. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to you, uh, you know, coming and paying us a visit. We'll, we'll, see who's, we'll see who's standing here in April. Yes, absolutely.
0: If you take me to Indianapolis Motor Speedway and we do a hot lap. That's fair. Okay.
1: okay. Yeah. sold awesome alright well that closes the rundown Dan And as we uh, always like to do on our podcast we want to encourage our listeners to go back and listen to episode 22 which is with our good friend Denny Edwards president and CEO of the Greater Raleigh CVB uh, he was our third CEO from a destination marketing organization that we've had on, and just a really great interview. If you if you haven't been to Raleigh, don't know much about Raleigh, or are just interested in what destinations are doing uh, in this awkward time um, that we're all in and trying to market uh, our our respective cities, uh, I thought that was a phenomenal interview, Dan.
0: Danny's such a great guy, and he's you know a veteran in the business. I just loved how proactive they were being. With respect to investment into kind of content capture. And I think they're, they're positioned well on the sports travel side too, even investing heavily in esports. So, you know, I would highly encourage our folks to go back and listen to episode 22. But Ryan, let's go ahead and get into our main topic of this season one recap. And today the topic is mentorship, as we mentioned. And I think, like we talked about is mentorship right now is one of the most critical, you know, the largest, you know, function for. Leaders in our business, right? People that need to make educated business decisions. Obviously you're, you're leveraging data to do that right now, but you're also calling your industry peers, right? You're leaning on your fellow coworkers, subject matter experts, friends, colleagues and mentors. And I think what we want to bring to you today is some snapshots of what some of our guests kind of highlight in and how they're thinking about mentorship. So first, we're going to get to Mr. Mike Dominguez, who is president and CEO of Alhi. And Mike kind of touches on how he thinks about mentorship and really being able to lean on a tribe of mentors, right? And, and kind of alluding to, it, it's dangerous just to have one, which I would totally agree. And it's just, at the end of the day, it's important to get a variety of views. So let's go ahead and cut to Mike.
2: I tend to have a tribe of mentors it's not a mentor and and i think it's interesting because um i think it's interesting and this is probably the wrong word a little dangerous to have a mentor you're seeking advice from because the the more you advance in your career the more complex the roles get and unless your mentor is with you and in the in the trenches every day their advice is only so valuable they, they can help you with perspective and maybe context, but I think it's important to get a variety of views and a variety of input. And, and I candidly, I like contrarian views uh, because that really helps you think through a good decision. We tend to pick mentors that think like us. So I caution people to make sure you also have mentors that are going to tell you you're full of it.
0: All right, Ryan, love Mike's perspective. So next up here, we have Elliot Ferguson. Elliot is the president and CEO of Destination DC. And like other industry leaders in the uh, meeting and travel and hospitality marketplace, he has a long list of mentors. And really how Elliot thinks about it is he likes to call on those mentors and peers based on a specific opportunity and challenge, which is, I really kind of share that with Elliot as well. So let's go ahead and get Elliot's perspective on mentorship.
2: I have a, a long list of people that I will call for different things. And You know, I tell people all the time, you don't have to have just one um, mentor. If you will, you should um, de- define what's needed. And you, in my professional life, it depends on what the what the specific uh, thing is I'm dealing with. Uh, it could be anywhere, anyone from a f- uh, fellow DMO, um, CEO, or, or one of my favorite go-to's is Chris Thompson with Brand USA. Uh, and then, of course, you definitely got to segment and have someone in your personal life to to help make sure that you're you're doing all the right things because you, you can't do one well without the other.
0: All right, Ryan. Always love Elliot's perspective here. Really value his insight and I wish we had more time to to share outside of just membership. But we will here in the next couple of weeks. All right, Ryan. So next up, we have Allison Park, president and founder at Bren Whiskey and partner at Samsung and Surrey. Allison has a really unique perspective, I think, and I love it because she has that entrepreneurial mindset. And you know what she communicates here is that she's never really sought one person out to help guide her, but she's really worked hard at really developing a network of subject matter experts who can help guide her based on, again, the opportunity or challenge that, that's in front of her. She mentions here that, that you'll hear more of treating mentorship like human resources and had trouble kind of breaking that down a little bit when we thought about, It was the perfect verbiage to use, right? But at the same time, what she was really trying to say is that not one person can help you achieve your dream or goal, right? Use the human aspect of of that network in order to, to seek the advice and intelligence that you need. So let's go ahead and get to Allison.
3: I was always a little thrown off by this idea of mentorship. And then I realized I'm not someone who has ever sought for one person to help guide me right? Instead, what I've done is collect an amazing amount of contacts in a variety of subjects, because I've also realized that I am someone who is driven by making my own road. So there really isn't going to be someone, one person who can kind of point me in the, you know, point my internal compass, right? So I want to pave my own path. So instead I know if there is something that I'm seeking advice from I have a wealth of network of people that I know in my heart will always take my calls right so if I'm looking to you know understand what the temperature if if my bottle sat in a sales distributor's car and you know got hot over xyz period and the cork was in the bottle and there wasn't a capsule what would happen to that cork right there's someone I would call for that if there is Holy shit! The drop, bottom just dropped out of our business, right? How do we look? How, how do we how do we apply for these PPE loans, right? Or how do we restructure our capital or something like that? That's going to be a very different person that I'm going to call, right? And if I'm, it's if, an, if it's an innovation question, or I want to, I'm considering taking my distillate that's done in this kind of still and putting it in this kind of barrel for this kind of time. That's a very different person that I would call. So. Sure. For me, mentorship is more, um, in, like a, in like the best sense, human resources. And I know and I hope that people use me in this way too. Like, figure out what I can specifically help you with that you can't figure out in Google or by reading books. And then I will help you over that particular bridge. But I, I don't think I or one other person can help you get through your whole dream.
0: All right, Ryan. Last up here is Bill Lynch president at Specialty Food Association. And Bill, like many, you know, industry leaders that, you know, within on the association level, he seeks multiple perspectives here, which is the right way to go about that. He mentions two guys, which we know really, really well. One, Chris uh, Nemchak, who was a great executive at Specialty Food Association for many, many years still uh, within the industry. And Chris really taught him about the importance of relationships and maintaining those. And then Joe Papolo, former CEO of Freeman, a mentor of mine as well, really, really amazing guy. And he leans on Joe or looks upon Joe for his thoughtfulness and generosity and being able to proactively check in. And for, you know, when Joe was a busy executive, worrying about his global company and being able to navigate that. So let's go ahead and get to Bill Lynch.
4: I've always sought multiple perspectives during my career. Um, And not only from those who on paper are considered leaders, but also across so many levels of thinkers, whether that be at a junior level or an executive level, because I truly believe there's always nuggets of knowledge hidden in the most unsuspecting places. Um, If I were to say there were one or two individuals who had the most influence on my career, I would have to say it'd be Chris Nemchek and Joe Popolo. Um, Chris is actually the one that hired me 20 plus years ago at the Specialty Food Association and he really took me under his wing. He taught me uh, just about everything he knows, um, but really about the importance of relationships um, and um, how they were critical for the success of what we do. And uh, he's, uh, for me, he's one of the best in the business at cultivating and maintaining good relationships Um, And then over the last several years, I was really fortunate to develop a friendship with Joe Popolo, who just about everybody in this industry knows and loves. And Joe is really the epitome of the type of leader that I strive to be. He's uh, one of the most thoughtful, uh, generous people I know. And uh, despite how busy he is, uh, he always seems to find time to check in on me and make me feel like I'm the most important uh, meeting uh, of his week, which... I, it still baffles me, but um, I, I totally uh, appreciate that uh, to this day.
0: All right, Ryan, really great to have been able to package all of these kind of insights. I think our guests and, and leaders that we have here just have such great, fresh perspectives on not only men- mentorship, but many other areas of their life. And I think we're obviously lucky to have that insight. And I'm happy to be able to, to kind of, like I said, repackage it here for our audience.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. We've, you know, we're we're kind of shocked when we go back and look at all this, Dan, how much, you know, content we've produced <laughs> over the last several months. And it's I think it's it's really a tribute to some of these leaders. You know, uh they've they've taught both of us some valuable lessons and obviously it's our hope and our goal uh that our listeners are able to take some of this advice and put it into practice at their own um within their own lives. And you, you mentioned it, you know, it's great to be able to package this together and, and kind of showcase so many different perspectives, right? Nobody has one answer to, you know, mentorship. There's not one particular way to go about it. There's a lot of different approaches that people have, and we're lucky to be able to share that.
0: Absolutely. All right, Ryan. So it's time for you to answer one, a question I have for you, my friend. Okay. All right. Shoot. So Ryan, who is a mentor or a person you call upon when you're seeking advice right now?
1: Yeah, I would say uh, probably Kim Allison. Uh, she was the first person to ever give me a job in our industry, um, a full-time job, that is not an internship. Um, and, and I kind of, uh, I, I give this a, a good analogy from the sports world, which we like to do on this podcast from time to time. Um, you think of a team that might've taken a chance on you and drafted you. Um, you know, Maybe you, th- you weren't sure if you were going to get drafted, uh, but then somebody was like, That you know, that guy's got it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my trust in them, and hopefully they'll deliver and do a great job. And that was Kim for me. Uh, She stuck her neck out and said, "Yeah, right. We want Ryan. Have him move to Washington D.C. and become a part of our team and sell Indianapolis." And I was very very lucky to be given that opportunity, Um, and I'm forever grateful for that. And again, I think that's somebody that. I want to seek advice from. That's somebody I want to um, continue to receive guidance from because they took a chance on me, and um, I, I want to. I want that in my life. You know, I want to be able to continue to speak to that person about why I was a good fit uh, and why I would may potentially be a good fit somewhere else. And so, any job that I've ever taken, any time I've ever looked, um, whether it was inside or outside the industry, uh, Kim has always been my first call. I love it. I also love Kim Allison. I mean, yeah, really incredible to have her her on on top of your list.
0: She's certainly on mine. So that's that's really great.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: How about you, Dan? Give us uh, give
1: us one of your key mentors.
0: I wish I can give you just one, but I can't. It's impossible, right? It is impossible. I mean, Ryan, you know me, man. I, you know, we've built Hit Network from the bottom up, and I think it's because we we really love having good people in our life, right? And and we really do thrive off of. The spirit and energy of you know our fellow industry colleagues here, but honestly i've I've had a lot of our you know my mentors on the first season of uh, the traveling podcast, <laughs> yeah. but like many that you heard from today, I think for me, it really just depends on the specific opportunity or challenge that I'm facing, right? I think I am a guy that loves to pick up the phone and ring people. I might not have talked to you for six months or two years, but the folks that pick up the call and are able to offer advice. I try to return the favor, you know, whether that's pushing them business, connecting them with other like minded professionals. I just think that that flow of connectivity through the world, however that means, feels right to me. And I think, you know, some of these folks I've came upon at industry events, that's, you know, part of some weird serendipity that's happened to me. And I think at the end of the day, the people that know me well, I tell them all the time that they are my mentors. And I got a couple of close mentors that I call coach. So if I call you coach, that means you're pretty high up on the list. So, uh, you know, I take mentorship seriously. I don't just have one, I have many, but I do appreciate everyone's opinion. At the end of the day, I have kind of an entrepreneurial mindset. I don't listen to all of it, but I do soak it in, as you can probably attest to that, right, Ryan? <laughs>
1: Like a sponge. Like a sponge. <laughs> like a yeah, sponge. I, I think one of my one of my main points too, Dan, um, you know, I, I'm always looking for people who just really work hard and they rarely complain. You know, those are the people that you want Love in your that. circle. Um, you know, they just put their head down, they get the job done no matter what it takes, and they're not gonna tell you about all the things that suck about it. Exactly. Um, you know, I think you and I are kind of in that camp, you know, we've we've worked together on a lot of projects over the years and you know, as as easy as it is to complain, um, it's better to just put your head down, get the job done, make it happen, and just show up.
0: Yeah, just show up. Book coming in twenty twenty one. Yeah, and really, do we do we complain about us having to exhort energy? You're right on a project. It's more about people that we would complain about. <laughs> yeah, sure, <laughs> that uh, don't share that same vision. So I appreciate you, buddy. Well, listen, episode 23 in the books. This is a you know this is a recap of uh, season one, which we're going to continue on here for the next five weeks. So we really appreciate everyone listening in here. We'll share some of our highlights here towards the end of the year. I don't know what day our last podcast on the end of the year. Let's see. Let's go ahead and check it real quick while we're uh, on the interwebs here. Uh, Let's see. December 28th, Yep. if we dare do that. (laughs) You you folks are going to make us work over the Christmas holiday, but we will do it for you. Drop one more. But thanks so much for being a part of season one here as we recap an amazing group of industry leaders and influencers on our podcast.
1: Yeah. And just want to wish everybody out there a safe and happy Thanksgiving and uh, make sure that you're um, uh, being very, very safe. I, yeah. I, I can't use that word enough. I, I think it's imperative this time of year. Uh, make sure to socially distance, do all the things that uh, we're being told to do right now. Things are crazy. Um, but yeah, I hope you all have a wonderful holiday. All right. All right, buddy. Really
0: appreciate you today, and thanks for all of our all of our guests that we had on again today. And yeah. uh, we appreciate you. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Ryan.